Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Hello, guys. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for having us. It's an honor to be on. Yeah, we're excited. We are super jazzed to have you. I'm probably going to nerd out and ask all the questions about your freaking incredible business. I I know you guys are going to start a a little bit in in the journey as to why you got started, but I think it's super important to hear that piece. But I think for everyone listening who's been afraid to go after that seemingly unattainable dream business or project, passion project, whatever it may be, a lot of our listeners just let those things sit on the shelves because they seem really hard. And and I don't think that that makes your beginning of your journey any easier, but you guys freaking did it. You're doing it. Um, you're living like what a lot of people hope to kind of create. And I'm more excited to dive into kind of the beginning stages of how all of this came about, the challenges that you face. And selfishly, we get to talk to another partnership, which hardly ever happens. I think you're what our third partnership that's been on the show, husband and wife team. Abby and I sometimes feel like wife and wife over here because of how much time we spend together. Um, so I love it. If, there, if there are any uh, challenges or tricks up your sleeve that, that help make that run smoothly, I'm sure we'll cover that too. But why don't you tell me what the heck your business is and and why it even came about. Our business is called Jonas Paul Eyewear, and it was all inspired by our son, Jonas Paul, way back in 2013 now, which seems forever ago, but a lot's happened since then, and it's been a wild journey and crazy road. But kind of like what led us to that point was we, we had a lot of lifestyle businesses. Ben went to school undergrad for photography and for graphic design, and I was communications and PR. And we ended up kind of getting into shooting friends' weddings post-college, and it was super awesome. And, you know, we kind of got to travel the world and shoot all over the place. And it was just, it was amazing. And, and within our own kind of business, we found a lot of just like issues that we were experiencing as far as challenges that we had. So we started a few other kind of online businesses, digital downloads for photographers. And then and this was, you know, kind of way back when, when digital downloads were just starting. When they were and then we, and not yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I always say that too, it was back in the days when SEO was easy. You could just like yes. repeat a word five times. And all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. like, so we started showing up for destination wedding photographer, like Laura said, and like she said, we were able to get, we we're like, we might as well travel for it. Uh, yeah. You know, and I think we share kids. that. Similar background, right? You guys were in the creative space with photography and all that. Yeah. So, you know, kind of that space of, you know, we kind of got to a point too with it where we're getting a little burnout, you know, because it was the service-based industry and 
it was you and it wasn't as scalable, you know what I mean? Where it was like you or it was a one-to-one translation for or transaction. You can yeah. have any residual income. Well, and shooting so, weddings like, is like the most exhausting thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Everyone's like, oh, you shoot on Saturday. So you have like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday really no. off. And you're like, yeah. not at all. Like, yeah. The amount of hours you put into editing and yeah. Yes. yeah, and then just the challenges of expectations and it's yeah, a big day. As well, it's a really, so. really big day. And we got that. And, and we were shooting some pretty remarkable events. And it was awesome. And we got to do it together. So we got to travel together, which we loved. And But anyways, like Laura was saying, we kind of started to identify needs within our own industry. So it was like pain points we had with our own business. Like, I wish this was easier. There was an easier way to do this. Or why hasn't mm-hmm. somebody done this? So we had some design resources, first of all, that we created for photographers. And then we also uh, ended up launching website template and hosting company as well, kind of flash free back in the days when Steve Jobs said they were no longer going to support flash on an iPhone. I had a little light bulb moment because at that time, everybody's websites were crazy and there was music and there were transitions and all of that stuff. So I don't miss flash. Yeah, seriously. I know. Update your plugin, update your plugin. But It seems so anyways, like forever yeah. ago, which is I know. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's right. Like that's what what was cool back then. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. So, anyway, so yeah, so we were yeah going along and life was good and kind of had our own lifestyle businesses and Laura and I did all of these things together. So working out of our home, which posed its own challenges, but I feel like we learned very quickly on that we needed to have defined roles, defined responsibilities. And just give each other ownership of those tasks mm-hmm. and not, you know, because you can have a tendency to sometimes micromanage within <laughs> marriages. We all kind of do it. And so we really had to define those clear boundaries in work and say, these are your roles and I trust you in that and you'll do awesome with it. And then these are my roles and trust me in that. So, And thankfully that, for us, we have different skill sets too. So I feel like, you know, we we think similarly, but we also think very differently. And other, yeah. yeah, we complement each other well. And and so I feel like that was a really big challenge early on for us because we were newly married and we were like, what are we doing? And, you know, that has its own issues. And then we started businesses like right, right out of the gate, pretty much to our parents were like, you guys are crazy. What are yeah. you thinking? Well, and spending literally all of your time together. Like, yeah. yeah. And we did everything but the 2.5 kids. We did like bought a house, uh-huh. started businesses, yeah. and did all this stuff. Um, and it was awesome. So and was I great, loved yeah. that time. I feel like it was great for us to just kind of like, I don't know, navigate. We had to travel, but just kind of figuring out our way and our path in this world. And so anyways, yeah, and all of that, it kind of... Yeah. No. And I was going to say, like, as you all know, you know, one challenge that you can kind of run into when you get caught in this, maybe a corporate structure or whatever that you're not as happy in, you have these ideas and, and all of that, but you have this like great fear that you, oh, should we actually like, you know, take that leap of faith and actually try and do it. And I think for us, it's always been that the fear of regretting not doing it has been greater than the fear of starting something. So for us, kind of right out of the gate, we've always focused on just taking that step. The worst thing you can do is fail or you can have a learning lesson that, you know, kind of one door closes and opens into the next. And yeah, so we had our photography business and our website company, and those were kind of our two main core businesses. And we had a new door open that we didn't necessarily expect, but that was from the birth of our son, Jonas Paul. So he was born March 2013. So he just turned five years old. Yeah. A couple of years ago, so he's just, just crazy. a sweet, sweet boy. I know. 
Yeah. So life was good. We had our businesses, just lifestyle businesses, and we're comfortable, you know, and we were in the visual arts. So as you could imagine, having a, a son that was born visually impaired, well, he was technically born blind. Uh, it was just devastating for us thinking about how he would experience the world differently because we were so focused on our site. It was how we made our profession and everything or our mate made our living, et cetera. So our world kind of came crumbling around us and we had to get to this point of, I would say just acceptance with our new normal because there was nothing we could really do to change the situation. And we never wanted Jonas to feel any sort of sense of disappointment or anything from us. So, you know, we had our challenging moments for sure. We had our, you know, we cried ourselves to sleep and had this whirlwind of a roller coaster with, you know, transporting him back and forth to the doctor. Monthly visits, monthly surgeries, ended up at 22 surgeries or 21 eye surgeries uh, over at University of Michigan. And anyways, in that process, I feel like once we kind of were able to accept our new situation and know that we couldn't change it, we felt like we just compelled to do something. And I think the way that it essentially came about was, you know, Jonas, he, you know, his appearance isn't quite normal. And so when I was looking at glasses for him, you know, I wanted him to look like a little stud muffin and, you know, be this little hipster kid and have, you know, more like fashionable frames that don't draw more attention to his face or his eyes. So yeah, looked at options for kids and I felt like there were there was a gap in the market. So there were, you know, the more athletic styles and then there were the more cartoon driven styles. Uh, but there wasn't anything that was like in that place for that hipster kid or at least the the mom who wants their kid to be hipster and dresses it literally doesn't it didn't exist until you created it like yeah. yeah exactly it was kind of always an oversight like oh kids either want like you know boys wear blue girls wear pink you know kind of just those traditional gender colors or there were you know, the more athletic styles for the kids that were more athletic and there's a place for all of that but really what we wanted to do is create more fashion forward empowering like adult aesthetic type of brand but for kids so that, you know, I wore glasses as a kid and I remember getting made fun of for my glasses and being embarrassed of them and all of that. And I felt like, you know, why does that still exist? There's adults that wear glasses just for the fact of them being a fashion statement. So why can't it be the same way for kids? Yeah. Not so, all kid pops out looking like a Jerry Maguire kid that like has know, the Jerry Maguire yeah. frame glasses and then that like stopped looking cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Ben presented the idea to me. He had kind of this little thing, kind of side idea on the, on the side happening while he was kind of brainstorming everything. And um, yeah, I was going to say you, probably have that similar dynamic where you have these ideas and you have to like bounce them off each other and some yeah. stick and some, some don't. don't. And and, um, so Laura's always been my grounding mechanism to kind of throw ideas. Where I'll just be like, yeah, just throw them out and, you know, I'll give you a thumbs up or yeah. thumbs and down on the ones I think are good ideas or worth pursuing. And there's been some doozies along the way, but there's also been some great ideas along the way too. And so I feel like with this one, when he presented it, he did it with, we had good friends visiting us. Jonas had just been born. He was a couple weeks old. And I mean, so this was very early oh, on. This was real early. Very, yeah. very early on yeah. after he was born. And, but it was, it was almost something like we felt like, 
like we needed some encouragement because so early we were so we were pretty depressed and it had just been this like big roller coaster of emotions and and coming from the creative industry it felt like creativity was kind of often our outlet you could push something out for good and so he presented it with our good friends in town and he was like they'll like the idea i know they'll like the idea (laughs) and sure enough we all did and then we kind of like hit the ground after that and but yeah from pretty much the idea to actually launching it was just about like eight months or so which which is crazy to me because let's just back up a second a you're not an optometrist do you have no history you have no history in like the vision world you didn't go to school for it I mean I I can tell from looking at you that you care about kind of fashion and being a little trendy but it's not like your number one priority you're just a you're just like I would say like the not not that you're average but I was about to say I was about to say like the average creative family like you know interested in photography website design like if we could put like typical, like typical, like hashtag typical, like that's Midwestern, very much, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. You weren't like living it up in California with like, <laughs> I, I can't even quote trendy yeah. things because I don't know them. But still a thing. I don't even know. No, but like yeah. you want it. Oh it was God. like the like Midwest guy who just wants to be cool and trendy and like trying to come out with that but starting in a whole new industry that literally didn't exist it wasn't like oh i'm gonna just go source these and like sell them it was going out i assume and creating the styles and working with maybe more adult brands and trying to get them to make little baby mini versions of them little baby mini versions yeah seriously i know (laughs) no it's true it was i know because we say oh yeah it was you know he was born in march and we launched in december i can't it was easy and it's (laughs) no and it is because we always came from like the digital download photography yeah, space yeah. so everything you know websites by the afternoon cool beans yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's scalable and there's you don't yeah. have that like transactional piece to it as much like that you know one to one like we're shipping you a product so yeah to that note i think i think through our experiences and actually like trying things and failing at things and all of that we we didn't have as much of that like fear it was more like an excitement we feel kind of compelled to be a part of this and I think through that excitement, it kind of drives you to really be interested and engaged in learning as much as you can as quickly as possible. Because like you said, I didn't come from an optical, I came from somewhat of a medical background, but didn't come from an optical background. I wore glasses as a kid, but that was kind of the extent of it. So a lot of it in the beginning, (laughs) yeah, a lot of it in the beginning was kind of like first figuring out, am I actually allowed to do this? Because Mm -hmm. it is a medical device. And you know, what are the rules surrounding children's eyewear? So got through those hurdles originally, and as well as like product safety type of things. And then I, you know, I came from graphic design background, as Laura said, I was computer graphic arts. So I knew I know the Adobe suite, and no illustrator. So I kind of just like started sketching out things that I liked, just from more like a silhouette, kind of the front of the frame type of shape. And then, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the world is shrinking now with these websites like Alibaba and different things that you can use for sourcing. You know, I kind of started on Alibaba, looked for audited manufacturers and manufacturers that had good ratings. Like Laura said, just kind of went through 
uh, several rounds of sampling. So I kind of sent him my little like sketches, like, Hey, can you turn these these into eyeglasses for kids? And, you know, and they all come back with more of the traditional, like, no, you should, you really should think about like bright pink and you you should think about these flowers and, you know, these kind of things. So So there was a lot of that pushback, pushback. like, no, we're doing something different. But yeah, went through, fortunately landed on a great manufacturer to kind of start out with and sent them the designs and just did tons of research because even, I mean, a couple millimeters can make a huge difference on a kid's face. So uh, yeah, started there. You know, we knew aesthetically what we liked were more, we really started with more neutral palettes, neutral tortoises, because we felt like that was what was kind of lacking in the market for kids. And yeah, I went from there and got our first samples in December, December 2013, and made the mistake of them, <laughs> admittedly, they arrived in the country. So we were like, yes, we're good to go. Make the website live. Oh, and, and, had, like, oh. and had kind of like an influx of those friends and family like, oh, we want to support you. And we'll then buy you some. get them seven months and later. Like, oh, wait, customs, customs is actually not. It's pretty legit. Yeah, liking what we're doing or they need some additional things. And sorry, so that sorry. Took, that took a while. Yeah. yeah, but it's those things you learn. You get overly excited Absolutely. and kind of release your baby. It was this baby we'd been yeah. like you know, cultivating for six months. But I also and think to, you know, with that, it wings. it's like anything anyone ever launches, like you think you put it out there and the whole world's going to know about it. And we thought, oh, once we, it, once we turn this yeah. website on and things start coming yeah. and everyone knows about it. And yeah, like, yeah. It doesn't quite yeah. work like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's one of those things you just got to put it out there and then slowly like things will start happening and to not be scared, I guess, and hesitant to actually put publish and, you know, make live or whatever it is that you're working. Yeah. And that's what, yeah. What I like about what you're doing, like with your podcast too, is I feel like there's just, you kind of need this grit and resilience to just continue to push into your idea and actually like you need a certain set of skills to be able to achieve it. And I think that's, what's good about podcasts like this because you encourage people and you bring the right things in to say, Hey, if you're interested in this, here are the steps you take yeah. to get there. And I feel like fortunately we had had, since we had done some businesses before, we had some of those tools already in our tool belt that made it easier to launch. But at the same time, like you said, I think anyone can do it. You just yeah. need the right, you know, so, the right amount of time and tools, et cetera. Absolutely. So. Talk to me about how it's different to sell a, a service like wedding photography to a digital download to some freaking eyeglasses. <laughs> <laughs> it's one and the same really you know photography we had hard drives for storage now we have to have like physical space for storage and, um, yeah there's definitely been a lot of challenges and a lot yeah. of learning from going from a service to a digital download web stuff to a whole product with lead times and you yeah, know making sure that we're inventory management and that we're ahead of the game because our lead times can be like three to four months. And so, and meeting minimums and just making sure that like you're going to order a bunch of this frame and color and you just cross your fingers. Like, I hope people buy it, like you know, because you don't know and you don't know. I mean, we can do some testing and we kind of have a pretty good understanding, but early on it was so scary. But on the flip side, we just had to to go for it and be like, well, I guess if anything, we don't sell them. We'll just donate them and give them to somebody that can use them. And yeah, and at least you know. we'll make a little splash and make the world a better place. Yeah. Kind of that was our kind of initial 
you know, feeling on it. But, but yeah, like you said, I would say, I guess the, you know, the core differences. Oh man. Yeah. It's hard. I would say in the service business, it was more kind of like a interpersonal or relational type of thing. Like you just connected with people and especially for wedding photography, you wanted to make sure you had good rapport. Whereas as you know, in the wild west of the internet, like you, you have five seconds to make an impression on somebody and like connect with them at a higher level where they actually want to be just more interested or explore your brand further. So I would say the wedding photography piece, it was almost easier in the sense of marketing from a standpoint of just like connecting with the right people. They liked our aesthetic, et cetera. But the product-based business has been a lot more like Laura said, with regards to manufacturing and then just product fulfillment. Mm -hmm. You know, we kind of took it in steps. It was kind of a big elephant that we were trying to eat or whatever. And it was kind of just like one bite at a time. Like initially we self-funded it and we started with five styles. Some of the styles are actually still in existence today. A couple were a miss. You know, I did like a old school double bar aviator that my dad used to wear in the eighties was called the Albert frame. Oh, I love Albert to see that on kids. That's yeah, so I know. Cute. And it's actually coming back in yeah. style now. Yeah. We might have retired it. We might have to revive we, it. Know, but we're that was like my piece de resistance. You know, like feeling like I had to have that one like yes. edgy. You were too to hipster kind of too soon. Now it can come yeah. back in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, that's gracious of you, you, but yeah. But anyway, started with five styles, started with just shipping them to parents and they could take them into their eye doctor and then ran into challenges with that because it could be a little bit awkward for a parent to bring it in to the doctor and all of that. So did that for about a year and a half. And then we were part of this business accelerator called Praxis out of New York City. And along the way, kind of circling back to how do you get into an industry or how do you jump into something like that? And I feel like a lot of it is surrounding yourself with the right people and asking the right questions because there are a lot of people I think that are have experience and are willing to share it if you just ask you know so not being afraid to really lean into that and try and get as much you know help as you can and insight so we were part of that accelerator sorry and then and anyways yeah met some really great people that kind of supported us and and helped us kind of take our business to the next level and that's when we introduced kind of doing like the home try-on kits. And we also brought prescription fulfillment in-house with where we fill 90% of the prescriptions here in our office as well. So it was kind of this, yeah, continual process of learning and, you know, kind of doing what we kind of call these like low cost probes, where it's kind of like, like if you were going to buy land for oil, you wouldn't just buy the land right out of the gate. You would go in and kind of do some little testing, you know, test the soil, test to yeah. see if there is actually what you're thinking is there. So I think a lot of people who are in a job right now can do these little low cost probes where it doesn't take a lot to just kind of like dabble in this and see if some it starts to get some interest, you know, just before you kind of like jump off the cliff. Because yes. that can be the scariest part of of starting something is feeling like you're at this decisive moment where you have to jump yes. or you have to stay. Well, and I think there's ways you can kind of ease that entry into it. A hundred percent. That's everyone's holdback that's listening of like, but I want that dreamy business tomorrow. And like the things that I want to offer, I want to be able to offer right out of the gate and the way that I want it to look and feel and serve and do all of these things. Like, just take the first step. Like It's okay. It can grow into that. And I love hearing the breakdown of, of how you guys have offered different things at various stages just by freaking starting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And there's, there's all those things like Reed Hoffman says this a lot, founder of LinkedIn, where if you're 
product is perfect by the time you launch it, then it's already too late. Yep. You know, you really need to like kind of get out that minimal, minimum viable product. Guys, guys. And did then you get hear that? feedback. Guys, yes. we have an yes. entire program that talks about your MVP. So listen, yes. <laughs> listen. Yes. No, it's, it's so true. Because so I think too, you go in, it's like the styles that I thought people would like, you know, there were a couple of misses. And had we kind of just gone into it really big and like said, these are our styles and not really paid attention to our audience and what they actually wanted. You know, I think it wouldn't have gotten the business to where it is now. So you start out with like kind of a small test and then get feedback and feedback and iterate, you know, making sure you have that constant feedback loop from your customers to make sure you're just providing the most value for them. Yeah. Cause if I, when I think back to the beginning, I don't think I would ever have imagined that we'd be doing our own, you know, prescription fulfillment (laughs) and have all the machinery to do it and all the systems in place to be able to like do it. And we didn't know, we wouldn't have known how to do all of that at the beginning, but it took us three years to start figuring out like, okay, this is how this should work. And this is how we need to like get this system going. And I don't know. It's just, it's amazing how, yeah, I feel like you have to take things in stages, but if you don't take that first step, then, you know, that's, typically the hardest and the scariest step to take. But once you do, then you just kind of hold on for the ride. Yeah. And then you end up in a place where you're like, how did we get here? How did this even happen? You know, we're like, it smells like burnt polycarbonate every day. And, you know, like like we have, you know, and we have like 25,000 frames and storage. And, you know, it's just, it's crazy, but it's just by, yeah, kind of taking those intentional steps and like figuring out each problem as it arises and not being afraid to tackle the problems. You know, I think that's what is exciting about it too, is every day brings something new. You know, it's definitely not boring working at Jonas Paul Highwear and same for our employees. I mean, they, it's kind of, we built this culture of, we just get things done and, you know, you might have to jump into this. This is your role, but you might also have to jump into this and help out here. And I think it's just exciting to be in that type of position where you don't go in and do the exact same thing every day. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. And I can't really even fathom. I mean, sometimes I'm like so glad that we haven't really ever got press, which sounds terrible now that I'm saying it out loud. But like I'm thinking in your situation specifically, like all of a sudden being featured on the Wall Street Journal or Huffington Post or the Today Show or whatever, like it's going, I would assume I must... I'm hoping that it would drastically impact your sales and reach. And how did you prepare or were you prepared for press like that? Yeah, that is a great question. Cause I think, yeah, we had kind of the same, yeah, the same concerns. You hear those, those shark tank moments where your server's crashing and you can't keep up, you know, and it puts you out of business. But, yeah. Or you say so? No, I think it's, it's exciting. Cause I think for, for us, a big part of our press and I think it's just been neat to be able to share our story and get people out there supporting something that it does. It's, you know, a pretty hard story to actually like to process and understand like, wow, that's a really, you know, troublesome issue that these people had to go through. But I think people love an encouraging message to see, hey, but you can come out on the other side. And and I just feel like that's been awesome to see just families and parents and kids, like just be able to, to kind of wrap their minds around what we're trying to do and support what we're doing because they're just as equally excited about it. And, um, but it was, it was pretty nuts doing, doing the Today Show taping with Jonas because he was like three years old and we were like, please be good that day. Like, don't throw a fit. And he's such a, like an awesome kid that I wasn't super concerned about it, but (laughs) you never know. And he was awesome for the filming and which was just great. But, but yeah, it's a wild ride. I feel like when you, when you actually see all of that kind of work come to fruition, especially on national television. Yeah. No. And a funny story about that is we, speaking of the small Midwestern kids, (laughs) we were actually in Laura's hometown in Iowa at the time of the wall street journal launch. 
And we literally went to every like grocery store, every store, blah, 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 and literally couldn't find a Wall Street Journal. That's how like small the town was. Yeah, so we went to this like tiny little library Library. in the middle of the town. And fortunately, there was like some guy reading the Wall Street Journal. So we're just like waiting there, waiting there, waiting there. And we grabbed it. We were like, there it is. And everybody's like, but so that was kind of our our moment right out of the gate. But yeah, like Laura said, it's been like it's been a blessing for us because a big part of yeah, like she said, why we exist is we really want to share like an empowering story. Like oftentimes disability, you have a tendency to feel like you want to kind of withdraw and protect your child from what other people are going to think about them. But for us, I think what's been really encouraging for people is like, we put our story out there. Our son is beautiful. Here he is. And I think that has really encouraged people to just feel like you don't have to be ashamed of these situations that happen. Just love your kids for who they are. And anyway, so a big part of that is like an excitement, but at the same time, this might also be encouraging maybe to the listeners that we've never, despite the press we've had, we've never had that big, like shark tank moment, you know, where, you know, all of a sudden you have this press and all of a sudden you're a completely different business. Like we've really had to grind it out. You know, we've gotten good traffic and things during those times, but because we're such a specialized product at a specific time, like there's a specific timing to when you need our glasses as well for kids. We've never actually really had that moment that was all of a sudden made us or break broke us. So I think, I guess in general, like when you start something, you always, everybody kind of wishes for that, you know, secretly, we all wish for that one big moment that's just going to change our life forever. But maybe just encouraging people to to realize that like, it isn't the case for every business. And a lot of businesses just have to grind it out day in and day out. And I feel like these are all like kind of blips in the radar, but there was never anything that, yeah, just like completely changed our business. It's really been just like consistency with digital marketing, consistency with social media and all of that. And, you know, the press is always great and gets more, you know, gets more eyes on you and whatever and is encouraging to people, but it doesn't always translate to business. 100%. But it's those things that create a sustainable business instead of a flash in the pan. And it's so like, whether it's Shark Tank or Huffington Post or an Instagram post goes viral or whatever it is, right? Those things can be awesome, but more often than not, they're real dangerous. And if you don't have the foundations built in your business first, like it ain't going to do anything good for you. I can tell you that right now. So yeah, Yeah. do the negative. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I want to talk about real quick, when you guys chose to leave your other creative careers behind to just focus on this full time. What timing was that like? What were the conversations like? You guys had always worked together and and done your own thing, but it is a shift. Yeah, it took us. I mean, we were pretty, we ran Jonas Paul. I were out of our house. We were doing, we're still shooting weddings and we had our web company for about who needed two years. Yeah. (laughs) And then we, we renovated a house in there too. Of course. And then we got pregnant <laughs> again. <laughs> and I remember being like, you have to be joking. <laughs> this isn't happening. It was hilarious. Wow. It was hilarious. I think back on it. You just, you figure it out. I don't know. But it took us a while. I think this was like, it was really good for us in the sense that we, 
we started Jonas Paul I, where we put it out there for a couple of years just to make sure we were even going to like need a need that people felt like they, they wanted because, you know, that's really scary to completely lose, like leave your current career, whatever you're doing, dive headfirst into something that you have no idea if people are even going to want to support. And so I think for us, we, we tested the market for a solid two, two and a half years before really like diving in. And then I feel like we kind of, all the stars aligned. We were able to find some awesome investors that had some industry experience that just wanted to come in and support us and believe in what we're doing. And that has just been amazing for us. And then at that time, we finally were like, okay, we can stop shooting weddings. We, you know, we're able to find another company to take over our web company. And, but it took so many pieces to fall into place. And had we tried to do all of that in one foul swoop at the beginning, I, I don't think it would have worked for us. And so I think we were patient as much as we didn't want to have so many things going on at one time. We had to just be patient and just say, okay, the time will come, the time will come. And then, so it really, we've been around for four years, but really it's only been about two and a half years that this has been our full-time job. So I think hindsight, looking back at it now, you know, the it wasn't a two-year test because we felt like we still needed more data to collect that we were meeting a need. It was more like a two-year test because we had these other jobs and had these people's websites that we were hosting For that sure. we couldn't just say, Bye. sorry, <laughs> you know, good luck. Yeah. Enjoy your, hopefully you can move your website. <laughs> so anyways, but hindsight, you know, I wish we had jumped quicker into this because I think there is really incredible power in being able to focus on something and That's not always really having it be us. like a side you know, a side thing, a side thing, a side thing forever. Because I do think as soon as we really did kind of make the commitment and jump in head first, it, yeah, just completely changed the business and the trajectory of the business. Yeah. Well, and I, I love like reminding people that there are seasons of your life and business that aren't always going to be permanent. Like that crazy hustle of the baby and the pregnancy and the growing business and the other established businesses. Like as long as you know that that can't be your life forever, like you just got to get through that weird season and figure it out and look for the doors that are opening and look for what makes sense to give your attention to. And the other pieces will like naturally fall off. But I think forcing that into being like the perfect life from month one is just not that's so much pressure. Yeah, exactly. No, that's I a great totally insight. Agree. I agree. Yeah. 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 We needed that advice. Yeah. Yes. It'll all be okay. Yeah. So yeah. talk to us a little bit about the impact of your brand and kind of what's what's coming for Jonas Paul Eyewear and, and what's coming up the pipeline. A lot. Yeah. A lot of everything. Um, where to begin? We're no. going to have a reality um, TV show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. We're having You'll another baby. Yeah, I would watch it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Ellen, if you're listening, we'd love to be on your show. Yes. Ellen, if you're listening, let me um, know you're listening. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest things for us, we've we really are motivated, you know, like the inspiration behind our our brand was Jonas and he's changed our life and he's, you know, really, I mean, I feel like we've grown up with Jonas and that whole experience. But what we love about this business is like it started with our story, but now it's all these thousands of stories that are out there with moms, with kids of different levels and different special needs and things. And it it kind of has created this really cool community where 
a kid getting glasses doesn't have to be embarrassing. It can be exciting and it can be this fun thing and a new fashion accessory. So I think it's been really cool to see on our, on that side of things, the actual people purchasing our products that it really does encourage kids. Like if they walk in to a classroom, you have that, I always say, you kind of have that moment where you put your glasses on. I remember it. And it's like, either you're excited about your glasses or you're embarrassed. And if you're embarrassed of them, you're probably going to get picked on. But if you're excited about them, it just empowers you to be like, no, these are cool glasses. Then all of a sudden, everybody in the class wants glasses and you're the cool kid. So it, it's cool to be able to like encourage children in that way. It's It's been really neat to see how it it, it, our brand engages parents and kids talking about philanthropy and purchases making a difference and like conscious buying behaviors, et cetera. So that's been also amazing to see. And then as of Q1 this year, it's 42,096 children have been impacted now by our buy site, give site program, which is awesome. So it's amazing. So we do, we have a partner, CBM International, and we uh, make donations with every frame sold to provide vitamin A supplements for children because vitamin A supplements are the leading cause of preventable childhood blindness in the developing world. So, and for a lot of kids, it's kind of a life or death scenario too, because vitamin A also helps with immune system and keeps them from, I mean, unfortunately dying from things like measles and diarrhea and all of those things too. So it's been cool. That's been really exciting to see the impact we've been able to have in the developing world just with blindness prevention as well. And I think it's just so cool to see. I mean, when I was six, seven, eight years old, I can, I, my parents weren't talking to me about like, you know, your purchase making right. a difference. And, you know, and I think that's just been a really cool sh- like culture yes. shift that I absolutely love. And I love supporting businesses that have whatever it might be like, you know, whether it's the ethical manufacturing side or whether yeah. it's the give back side, I just it's just think cool it, it opens up, those options. up such a great conversation with kids and opens their eyes up. And yeah, they might not be able to travel around the world to visit, you know, these places, but just knowing that like you truly are like helping someone else. And I think that that, if that's, you know, that right there, I just absolutely love. And I think it's just really, really awesome to see these parents getting excited about our brand and then therefore excited to share with their kids and their kids getting excited about it. So yeah, it's um, amazing how something as simple as like kids knowing that there's other kids that wear glasses and that them by them buying a pair of our glasses, like another kid that's just like them and a different walk, completely different experience in life, you know, is being impacted. It's, it's cool to see how kids really get excited about that. Yeah. So that's just been super awesome. And I think, you know, we had kind of that, we knew that we wanted to have kind of a giving arm to our business just because we felt so helpless with Jonas and, you know, we could take him to all of his appointments and do all of his eye drops and do all the things as his parents that he would need. But like, And we had amazing doctors within a couple hours of us. But for some of these people that just don't have this type of access, like, you know, we just felt like that. I don't know. We just, our heart was really right there with them. Yeah. To think um, of like a mom or or parents, like having a child that's going blind and not be able to do anything anything for the child. Yeah. It's just devastating to us. So we knew we wanted to pass that blessing along to those parents too. So So it's been just an extra little like, I don't know. It's just neat to see how if our business continues to grow and obviously like we meet our numbers and we sell more glasses, but yeah, that's all super duper important. And we, you know, we obviously want that, but we also want to just make 
a bigger impact globally. And I think that's just where it's been really awesome to see. So our goal is what by 2028, so 10 years from now to have our number be 2 million kids. So that's our lofty goal. We're going to strive for it and, and just keep picking yeah, away. It's the, so. the BHAG that you guys probably talk <laughs> yes, about, just having yes. that big, hairy, audacious yes. goal and yeah. having something you that you it. can align around and get excited about. So, so. yeah, we'll just keep plugging away. I love that. Well, I, I can't wait to see you guys reach it because I know what's going to happen. And I think being involved in such a brand that just makes you feel so good, like how incredible getting waking up to get to do that, even when it's hard or stressful or whatever, like the feel good aspect is, is something I hope everyone listening is trying to chase even a little bit on a, even a much tinier scale in their own business. But let's head into talk strategy to me. And I would love to hear your top three to five pieces of advice for a creative out there who like maybe loves the creative drop that they're in right now, but has that deeper passion project that seems scary and seems unattainable. What do you want to tell those people? I feel like some of the biggest things that we've really had to like hone in for our particular industry and our business is really, really figuring out, you know, obviously our brand and our marketing and how we're going to do that. But ultimately like, Who's our customer? Who who's buying our product? How can we, you know, make that process as simple and easy as possible, and just you know, enjoyable? <laughs> I think is a big thing, and just help them out. And I feel like that's been a big journey for us. Is you know, because it's a little tricky for us because, like we've said, we're selling a, a medical device, but it's also a fashion kind of statement piece. We're selling to a mom. Typically, you know, dads too, but mostly moms. While at the same time, the child's the one that's like wearing the it. Consumer, yeah. <laughs> so it's very kind of a lot going on in that circle. But I feel like that's just been a really big strategic piece for us of figuring that detail out. Because once we really could like hone in exactly on who our customer is, where they live, you know, not like creepily <laughs> where they live, but where they hang out online and things like that. I feel like that's definitely helped us as far as just scaling and growing. Yeah. And I kind of even going back to even more of the, I guess, basic internal level, you know, just from that, when you have that idea, you know, what are the next steps? Mine is, I mean, from the tech side of things, I'm always like, go to GoDaddy and see if your domain name exists. (laughs) (laughs) That's like my secret thing where I'm always like, every time I have a new idea, I'm like, I go to see. Spend $11.99 and nail that down. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. But anyways, no, I I feel like Laura and I, we always like joke about let's do our P's and C's and like where we just kind of like actually like tangibly sit down. Cause a lot of times when you have this idea, you're not really, sharing it with people or you kind of like feel that anxiety of not letting people know because you think somebody's going to steal your idea or whatever. And I feel like it's important in the beginning, whether it's a spouse or a good friend or a group of people, like being able to actually sit down with them and be like, hey, I'm really feeling like compelled to do this. Like, let's hash out some like pros and cons of like how life would look differently and what sacrifices would need to be made. But then the positive side Because I think it is really important to like get to that stage where you feel like you've really thought it out, really thought it out in a way where if you do pursue it and it fails, like you feel like, hey, I thought about these scenarios and I don't need to fear it not succeeding because I've thought these things through and I've like put a plan in place to actually like take the next step. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one big thing. And then I think also the kind of 
like Simon Sinek, Sinek, start with why or find your why type of thing. I think that's really important to really find out like what makes you tick. Because I think these internal, a lot of times these ideas are spurred on because you have something internally that's driving you in a different direction, whether it's impact or whatever that piece is, or just one-to-one impact, et cetera, which I think is all or just as important. So really kind of finding your why and what makes you tick. Because then I think that also, when you put it out into the world, you have better language surrounding what it actually is that you do. Because sometimes that also can hinder you in the beginning because you're all over the place with ideas. Like, I'm going to do this, and then I'm also going to do this, and I'm also going to do this. And people really need, you need to have like your five second pitch for what you do or whatever. So where where you can really just like hook someone right away. This is what I do and why I do it. Cause I think that's where people just really appreciate transparency and honesty today. You know, people's BS meters with all the stuff with Facebook and fake news and all these things going on. Like you really need to be able to like provide value to an audience and like resonate with them on a true and honest level to really like find your people or find your tribe, I guess Mm -hmm. you could say. Yeah. So that's kind of like the most basic things. I would say the other things, just like tangible things is if you have a website, make sure you get like your pixels installed, both from analytics, you know, get analytics tracking in there, get Facebook pixel installed, because there's, you know, I think about the days before all these tools we have, and I know data is a big topic of conversation <laughs> with Mark Zuckerberg literally sitting in front of right Congress now. right now. Yeah, I think I think today. today is the second day of it. But anyways, but there's amazing tools where back in the day you had to do, you had to call people and hit the pavement to like figure out who is actually visiting your website, who's interested in what you're doing. And the quicker you can start using these tools like Facebook to actually start identifying who your audience is. You know, a lot of people don't know about like audience insights and things. So if you have a Facebook page, you can go in and start diving into your audiences and seeing, I mean, it's creepy how much you can see as far as like their interests, their behaviors, their income, their marital status, their religions, etc. And I think that's where it can feel really daunting in the marketing space going in because there's There's a tendency to just be like, hey, I'm just going to blast the world and figure out who kind of like responds where I think the more hyper focus you can get with your audience and crafting the right creative with the right copy with the right audience is what's going to really set you up for success instead of just trying to, like I said, just cast a big audience and figure out who, Mm -hmm. you know, who shows up or whatever. And I think there's these tangible, even simple ways to really start driving more traffic and getting more of those insights. And that's even just as simple as like boosting posts. You know, if you're afraid to dive into like, you know, the ads manager and things like that in Facebook, just even, you know, I mean, Zuckerberg came out and announced it, that Facebook was going to prioritize, you know, native content or just like your friends, family posts, et cetera, over businesses. So we're kind of getting into a world where with social media, where you kind of have to pay to play, unless you get really great engagement on all of your posts. So in the beginning, don't feel bad if you do posts on Facebook and it's like, oh, we got like five likes and, you know, somebody like thumbs down. Or something. You know, it's like, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad about that. That's just like the nature of the algorithms now. And a lot of times it's not as easy as it used to be. Right. Easy is relative, but 
to really gain a big following. So sometimes you do have to kind of make that investment to, you know, just boost posts and Facebook will nice. I mean, it's a nice little feature. They'll tell you this post is performing better than others. And that kind of gives you a, it starts to give you these indicators like, oh, that resonated with my audience. What was it about that post that resonated then resonated? And then you can kind of iterate off of that. So there's these tools yeah, they're trying to get you to spend more money, but at the same time, they are telling you what your people are responding yeah. to. Your, your, your people. people. <laughs> 100%. I think, yeah, truly, it's about understanding who your people are, what they need, where they're coming from, and how can you serve them better. And all, and all of those tips really circle around yeah. that. So thank you for that. Thank you guys mm-hmm. for being yeah. here. How about you tell everyone where they can see more of you guys online, check out your eyewear and all that good stuff. Yeah, our web address is jonaspauleyewear.com. And you can, yeah, check out more about our story there, you know, see more about our impact as well as, yeah, just see a bunch of really, really normal kids <laughs> and glasses, which everybody loves. Yeah, we say if nothing else, follow us yeah, on social media because you'll just yeah. get adorable kids all the yeah, time. They're yeah, they're so sweet. So, um, yeah, and then we have, like I had mentioned earlier, we have a home try-on kit that's no risk. So you can kind of find the perfect pair of glasses for your kid in the comfort of your home, which is just a fun experience. And they can do a fashion show and all these things, which is fun. <laughs> Just, yeah, people have fun with that. So, And then, yeah, if they find the right pair, then you just go back and order right on the site. And it's pretty easy peasy. Yeah. So we make it it easy. Yes, thank you guys so much for being here. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the -the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.